You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Welcome, my pretties. Well, we're talking about entertainment today. I don't know why my voice went up like a little uh, only dogs could hear that. Andy Krishna, welcome to the show. You are an entertainment extraordinaire. You are going to help us today get all our shit in order when it comes to wedding entertainment. Said like a true professional. Ah, <laughs> yes, well, that that is my tagline, is, is helping get shit together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy, I knew I'd like you. As soon as we started to talk off air, I was like, this man will get me, and I can say get my shit in gear in the first 30 seconds of us talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but my voice is not going to go up like yours. I'm going to keep it in a certain range. <laughs> and I've had a cold recently, so I can't even do that. I can't even get up that high, which is, you know, a real shame for everyone wearing headphones right now. <laughs> Andy, seriously, thank you for coming on the show. You have a bunch of of experience. You know, when I, I get a biog sent through to me and I'm like, oh, look, if I read that, it'd take half a day. And that's very impressive. You you run a, a, a huge entertainment company. You're a musician. You've got a lot of experience. I shouldn't be telling the biography. You should be telling it. Tell me how you got to be talking to me today. <laughs> well, sure. Thanks, Alicia. And I want to thank you for having me on your show. You know, I've, I've, I really love what you're doing and your style. So it's fun for me to be on it. But um, the way I came into this was through, um, God, a while ago, over 20 years ago, I, when I was growing up, I had bands and all this stuff. And I ended up going to business school. I went to Boston University and I got out and got a business degree and I sold for IBM, believe it or not, for a while. And, um, and you know, although I was really frustrated at the time, you know, when I look back, I see that it was invaluable. I mean, learning about just the business of business and, and uh, how to sell, which I really see as not a bad word, but rather it's, it's just, you know, kind of communicating the value of what you have to offer in a, in a real effective way. And so, it was it was really great. And they moved me from Boston to Washington, D.C. And after a while, I was really missing um, playing music. And so I started this band and I had checked out uh, the local like wedding bands. And I thought, well, I just had a different opinion of how to do them and very different. And so I started this band Sound Connection and real quickly it got real popular and it did really well. And so started a second one and a third one. And then down the line, eventually I was able to leave um, the, the corporate world and, and have my own company, which, which we call Andy Kushner entertainment design. Oh. And yeah. And, you know, and the reason it's called entertainment design is that I don't, you know, my team and I, we don't, we don't look at it as an agency, um, wh which is what other like band DJ string companies are. They, they basically have, you know, videos and pricing and, and it's kind of more like a consumable. And instead I took what I learned at IBM, which is this consultative approach, and really getting to know my brides and grooms and, and oftentimes the, the parents that are involved. And, and I want to just personality, I want to connect with them. And I want to know what is it that they love about just music, period. And mm. what kind of party do they envision? And it's not just about the songs. And so it, it's a long story, but I, I spent a couple, actually a few hours with them. And um, and then I go back and, and with my team, we prepare, we kind of create this custom um, presentation for them so that whichever band of mine and I I formed all my own bands. I don't book other bands ex unless it's a celebrity thing like we'll bring in. We've done Earth, Wind and Fire and stuff like that. But when we're working with our our bands, um, 
you know, I, I pick the, the musicians and singers really differently so that they understand, look, it's not just, you know, do a job and get a check and leave, but they understand that this is someone's biggest day of their lives and all their friends, all their family, you know, are under this one roof for a, a relatively short period of time. And so they understand that, that this is all about that. It's about celebrating this couple's uh, love for each other. And, and again, bride and groom, bride and bride, groom and groom, whoever, the people getting married, you know, it's their big night. And so, and there's an interactive element to it, not cheesy, but just really connecting with the crowd. And so we feel like we're facilitating this celebration. It's a really big responsibility. And so that's why I call it, um, you know, I add the, the two words, entertainment design to it. It's all customized is the bottom line. Very customized. I like that. And I think that I well, I've said this numerous times on the podcast that music, you know, so many of us connect so many memories, so many life moments with music, especially. And yet so many people leave the music decisions, especially if they're just getting an iPod or something and plugging it in to the last second. And it really can make or break the whole day as to the tone and as you said about getting a crowd up and getting them amped and wanting to dance and be a part of it or you know guide us to how to feel and I think I always bring it back I work in tv and I always say about the soundtrack to a a television show or a movie that it can be distracting it can tell you how to feel it can make you feel wonderful sad you know it's it's so powerful yet I don't think some people really take in how subliminal music can be especially uh to the success of a wedding day it's hard oh yeah Oh, yeah, Alicia, I love how you're saying it's like the soundtrack to a film or TV show. I mean, that it sounds like you're working in my company. Like, like that. Oh, I'm available. I'm ready. Let's go. We're <laughs> interested. I'm serious. But, uh, but because we travel internationally. So, yeah, hey. Great. But, hey. Um, but, yeah, you know, that's a really good point is that it, it does have, uh, you know, it's subtle. It's obvious in terms of, yes, people are hearing music and they're dancing. And, um, but it's also subtle in the sense that, I don't want to use the word manipulation, but in a way, yeah, we're kind of guiding the the party and we're taking people on this journey. And the bottom line for me is creating an experience with this power of music that you're referring to when you say that it's like the soundtrack to a movie. And mm. and I'll, I'll, I don't mention this much in interviews, but actually what you said is making me think, too, that for wedding ceremonies, which is like everyone concentrates, focuses on the reception. But yeah. But the way I look at it is that the first thing that happens at a wedding is people arrive to come sit down into that room for the ceremony. And the ceremony is an opportunity to set a tone for the entire night. For totally. The, you know, an atmosphere. Yeah. And, and, and have music. Um, and that's where we can really be. My team's super creative. I, I love ceremonies, too. Um, and I try to slow down. Uh, people who are getting married and, and say, yeah, well, we're going to get into the whole thing about the reception and cocktail hour, but let's talk about this ceremony. And, mm. and they're really, they don't think about that. It's usually just get a piano player or get a string group and, you know, do some certain set of music. But, you know, I have hours that I can talk about with just creating a really unique and special uh, ceremony that reflects their unique personality. Because I, I see every single person getting married as completely different than what I did the week before or the next week coming up. So I, I also talk about that too. That's so fun. I think the idea, and I, I mean, I love, you know, I'm pretty 
hashtag blessed Andy to be talking to such a wide range of uh, creative, interesting people who have, a lot of them have had the same path as you, left the corporate world and gone, stuff this, don't want to wear a suit every day and get on a miserable train or go into the commute. I want to follow my passion. And, you know, obviously your skill set and uh, entrepreneurial uh, what are we saying here? Skills have uh, taken you to this point, but it's fantastic hearing that that passion that you have, obviously, to each of your clients to get them having this day that's super rad and reflects them. And I just have to say, I, I got an email today. You were talking about ceremonies. I have an obsession, Andy, with finding someone that is having a Seinfeld-themed wedding. It's... Oh, wait a minute. A Seinfeld-themed <laughs> wedding? Yeah. I'm... <laughs> A super fan. And uh, I just think, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's a Game of Thrones wedding, which I shouldn't say in that voice because it's fantastic. If you want to go, <laughs> you know, fantastic. Or people that love anime or anything. But I'm just like, freaking hell, just bring me a Seinfeld wedding. And today, a lovely listener called Angela sent me an email and uh, she'd linked to a blog post from A Practical Wedding. And it was a couple who walked down the aisle together to the Seinfeld theme. Oh, that's funny. And I'm just like, these are my people. But also just bringing it back to the idea that, you know, that obviously straight away sets the tone <laughs> of oh, completely. the whole event. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah if, I, if I was sitting there in the crowd at that particular wedding and I heard... Yeah. yeah, if I heard that Seinfeld theme, I mean, first of all, obviously I'm going to laugh and I'm going to I'm going to just know that, OK, we're in for a fun night, yes. you know, period. It, yes. And it immediately would loosen me up, yep. you know, because sometimes, you know, we're all a little awkward sitting in the seats at a ceremony in the beginning. And, mm. you know, and, and that immediately would just loosen everyone up. I love that. I mean, yeah. that's that's a, I might steal. That. I, I steal swear it. I might steal that. I like TV themes. If someone really loves a certain show, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it made me smile just reading it. And I thought um, and apparently later on in the blog post, just from memory, they were saying that they did a, a sing along, a group sing along to My Heart Will Go On. Um, and they had an interpretive dance, which I thought was just hilarious. So wow. it was one of those things to go that straight away just made made me smile and I wasn't even at the wedding. So I, I think that I'm, you know, look, we had Jerry Seinfeld and Woody Allen readings within our wedding ceremony. So I'm, I'm all for going a little bit rogue with oh, this sort oh, of stuff. That's great. That's a brilliant idea too. Wow. But it's just injecting that personality. And I think that some people just seem to think they need all the traditional wedding music, which I think fine, but also... Go crazy. Enjoy yourself. I bet Yeah, you, I agree. You would have seen some crazy shit over the years. What what make when you meet a couple and you go right, let's start the design process. Do, is there a way for you to really unlock some of that creativity because that's what I think is the magic of what you do is really giving people permission to to do that sort of stuff, to say play the Seinfeld thing. Well, yeah, the way I do, I mean, that's a really good question. The, the way I approach that is, you know, again, to me, it comes back to connection, you know, connecting mm. with, with, uh, with them. And so, um, in the very beginning, I know, you know, they're there to talk about the wedding, but the first thing I'm going to do is talk to them, um, as if it has not necessarily has anything to do with the wedding, just to get to know them. You know, I want to just start to uh, like I'll talk because uh, I really want to know. I want to hear the stories about well, how did they meet? You know, and 
And that right there will often uncover some kind of an idea, mm. you know, you know, like, like I'm, let's see, let's say that they met at a, I don't know, a, a Super Bowl party at a, at a bar, you know, and they're both whatever, some kind of like Steeler fans, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're such fans, you know, and that's where they met, you know, then while, while I'll be just storing it in my head and thinking, okay, let's find, let me think of a way later uh, after I hear the whole story to incorporate some element of that, you know, of, yeah. of let's say the Steelers Super Bowl, um, not in a cheesy way, but almost like the Seinfeld thing, one moment, you know, and, <laughs> and, and so just from having a conversation, uh, here's an example, um, this was really fun, um, with one of my other bands, Marquee, I was uh, doing this entertainment design thing, and I, so I was meeting with the family, and um, they had, just in conversation, the bride and groom had talked about how they were big Monty Python fans. Great. You know, like, I love them yeah, already. And, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I asked them, I said, well, what's your favorite movie? And they said The Meaning of Life. Great. And so, yeah, so, so as we later started to talk about, uh, oh, and I also found out that the bride and the bride's mother was at this meeting. They both, uh, I was asking what each person loved in terms of music, and they mm. said French cabaret music, and oh. they were telling me, they were telling me about this trip, the two of them, mother-daughter trip they took, and this particular artist, and it was real romantic. Mm. So I had other information, too. Well, I may as well tell you the rest of the story. Please, tell um, me. Yeah, the bride's father, uh, when I asked him, he said, well, you know, I know you probably don't want to hear this, but I love standards like Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, and I know if you do too many of those songs, you'll kill the party. And I had to remind him, no, 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 I'm only asking what you love. And mm. and, and then the groom said he plays violin, he loves violin, so very i'm going to summarize this quickly after hearing those comments from those different people the way i i uh, designed their ceremony was to bring in um our our string group this pop culture strings we call them and they are trained to you know do anything you know they understand that's why we put our own group together because we're always making them play very different music every single week and so when they took the job they knew they were getting into that and so we had the pop culture strings play as people were coming in and taking their seats, just uh, the the bride's father's favorite romantic ballads by Dean Martin, Tony Bennett, oh. Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, and it would you know fly me to the moon with the with the sound of strings. And this is several years ago, before more string groups were playing other stuff other than classical. Mm. I wouldn't have even thought of it until I heard the father say that. And then I was like, hmm, inter- you know what? What if what if the strings could play that song? And then when I'm going to skip a bit here, but when the bride came in and down the aisle, we did her favorite French cabaret song. And I had a flugelhorn player, which is like a soft trumpet, uh, join the strings just for that song and play the, the, the melody of the, the verse of that French cabaret song. And then at the end for the recessional, coming back to how we started where the bride and groom love Monty Python and the meaning of life, we did the theme, The Meaning of Life, by Monty Python, with the the strings playing it, you know, for the recessional. And so, you know, that whole ceremony I had never done before. I will never do it again because it's so unique, you know. And that's how, I think that's how, uh, you know, your listeners can, can even come with their own ideas to their planners or their director of catering or to their music and, and, and even come up with some of these ideas to make it different. All right, Andy, I want to talk so much more with you about how to personalize the day, how to communicate with whoever the hell is doing all of this amazing stuff, because not everyone can have you, but we have you today, and we're going Uh, to really pick your brains. Andy. Sure. Yeah, Andy Kushner, thank you so much for joining me. This is the Bride Chiller Podcast. More after this short, meaningful, and very important break. 
Welcome back to the show. We are talking about entertainment, how to make the day, the wedding day, your beautiful day, hopefully amazing using music, entertainment, and all the other bits that sometimes are forgotten about, sometimes are focused too much on, which is another question I've got for you, Andy. Do people get too obsessed with the entertainment and sometimes forget about why they're there? Is that a thing? Um. Sometimes, I mean, I'll tell you what I'm thinking the moment that you said that is mm-hmm. that, um, you know, the, the various band leaders who are, you know, part of my organization, you know, I'll, I'll hear from them. And once in a while, I'll get this too, where a, uh, a bride uh, or whoever, you know, in the family will send a list of do not play songs like that is massive. I, I remember there's another band of mine, Sound Nation, Robert, he's this amazing leader and and he called me and uh, I mean, we were kind of laughing about it. But in terms of what do we do to deal with this? Um, and, and they had, I'll never forget this, 82 do not play songs. What? And um, yeah. And, and, <laughs> Is it all Nickelback? You know, and, well, <laughs> well, what the client doesn't realize, you know, in that particular case, to answer your question, you know, in terms of getting overly obsessed, mm. is that it severely limited this guy, Robert, who's just brilliant with the way he runs a party and the band, it limits him. Like, of course, you know, he understood, he was explaining to me, look, I understand that there's certain music they don't like, but you know, what do you think? How can we talk to them to get them to understand that? Um, yeah, tell us what you really, really hate and don't want to hear. However, for the sake of your party and for your crowd, you know, who loves a lot of different kinds of music, you know, can we have some flexibility here to use some of this? Because maybe in the moment we need to shape the party in a certain way. And so it actually, you know, them being, you know, as you say, a little overly obsessed with it in the wrong direction. Um, And, and, you know, they don't know. We have to be delicate when we talk about something like that. But they don't realize that, look, again, it really ties the hands of the music, you know, to give that much limitation. It's really hard. So that would be one of my answers as far as being, like you say, overly obsessed with it, with the entertainment. It's a good point you make because I think part of the thing is with the Do Not Playlist, which I think is fascinating because I think half of the time it's hard to come up with a playlist, let alone a list that you're like, definitely not. And it's a lot of pressure, especially when you're sitting with your partner going, what are the songs we both like and loathe? It, it, that's a full on, that's like how you know how the marriage is going to go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, everything they do about the wedding is a good signal about how the marriage will go. But, um, but yeah. And yeah, and I'm sure we've both seen, you know, couples, you know, that are the way they, you know, how they work together and sometimes how they don't. But, um, but yeah, I'd rather, like, I would recommend, uh, that, that, that people instead focus on what are the songs that they really love, Mm. focus on that. And then as far as what they really don't like that, that's fine. But, you know, you could give a list, maybe a smaller list, but focus on what you really love. Because what I find is that when I get my clients to do that, most likely I can easily fill the entire night easily with if they're really just talking about what they love as opposed to the opposite way. But um, but anyway, yeah, that that comes up once in a while. Yeah, well, I think it's good, and I think it's a, it's a fun exercise. And also, I, I just sort of say to people, keep Shazam on your phone, you know, because it's often when you're in a store or something's happening, and you're like, oh, I forgot how much I love that song, and then just keep adding to it. Because I think coming to, especially if you've got a band, like, you know, you have all these amazing bands that you can 
help people be inspired by coming to you and having that that moment of saying this is the style I like and and then also trusting the entertainer that you have hired who obviously has been a big decision to actually you know form a good playlist for the night because I think sometimes people we are talking about DJs we had an amazing DJ at our wedding and we sort of really just gave him a list of the tone we liked and I trusted this guy and he's amazing his name's Andrew McClellan he's an Australian comedian DJ he's of just fantastic he really made our night and he just did his own thing and I still remember dancing and looking up and he sort of also has this style Andy where he dance he looks like he's from Mad Men he's got a real look about him yeah Um, but he also dances and at one stage I remember looking up and he wasn't behind his record player and he was next to me dancing and I was like man that's so fun he's like a character in itself but That's I told cool. yeah. it was great, but I just trusted his I trusted his ear and I trusted his experience in uh, events and knowing that he'll fill the room. And I feel like just going back to that point of you you just said about the no playlist, I feel like you need to as in any wedding vendor that you hire, you need to have that that trust that they're doing the job because that's what you're paying them for. Their experience. They're in. Yeah. Well, and you're bringing up a whole nother point too, you know, that, that extends beyond even just the entertainment, but you know, to, to just really let go, especially the night of the party oh, yeah. and just, and trust every one of your professionals, every single one of them, you know, not even just the, the, the band or the DJ leader, but, um, but to just trust them and, and let them do their thing. And, and, and yes, even beforehand, uh, to try not to get too overly, I guess, uh, detailed. I mean, I do think that that couples should, you know, be detailed. But but yeah, there's a point where I like what you're saying, where, you know, trust the professional to do their thing. And that's why you're hiring them. Frankly, hopefully they made the decision to choose who they choose for that reason. So now, yeah, trust them. Yeah. And if you get weird vibes, fill fill those out and figure out why you know I'm a big advocate of having conversations and like you said you get to know your clients and I think it's not just to run in and book someone and make a decision and then regret it to have the time and I think a lot of vendors want to get to know you too because then they can do their best work yeah I agree with that absolutely Mm -hmm. Andy you are a fellow podcaster just to pivot slightly that's how I roll. <laughs> That's a good pivot. Okay. Thank you so much. And I've acknowledged the pivot, which is, there, again, very professional. Andy, <laughs> you're a podcaster. Tell me a little bit about your shows, a plural, because you're very busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the main one, you know, that, that's relevant, I would say, to, to your show here is The Wedding Biz, B-I-Z, mm. The Wedding Biz. Um, and, and in that show, uh, I mean – I, I've had a, an opportunity to, to work with a lot of like amazing uh, talent in, mm. in all ranges of budgets. And and uh, a bunch of them have been these, you know, like, I guess what we'll call celebrities in the wedding event industry. The and Uber so, wedding people. Yeah. And so and I know that, um, you know, my audience is, is a mix of people, people who can definitely afford, even easily afford people like that and also people who can't afford it. However, there's so much to get from listening to that level of a person. And, and it ranges like people we've had on the show are uh, Sylvia Weinstock, the cake designer. And, you know, her cakes go for tens of thousands of dollars oh, per yeah. cake. Yeah. Yeah. And she is amazing. Her her. Oh, my God. Yeah. All the interviews I'm so excited about. But um, it's fascinating to listen to her. And then also uh, Brian Raffanelli, who. Um, he's done a ton of things, but, uh, people know him a lot for doing Chelsea Clinton's wedding and, 
until the recent, uh, let's say, new administration at the White House. He mm. did everything in the White House prior. Um, he doesn't need to things. do anymore. He will do other things. He'll be fine. Well, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but um, Brian, w- that was another you know great conversation. Um, who else have we had? Uh, David Beam, Matthew Robbins. Uh, Pre- I'm going to be interviewing Preston Bailey. Um, and so it's that level, Colin Cowie, you know, it's that, it's that level of person and, and also that same level for photography and, and videos and, fl- you know, floral and, and all of it. It's not just planners, although there is a, a, a more of a focus on planners and designers. Um, but what I do, you know, it's actually, at least we have kind of a similar style. It's, it's way more, instead of these thought out, you know, real specific questions ahead of time, which is what that level, they've all done like hundreds of interviews. And, mm. you know, as you know, that's the typical, they get these typical questions. And, and I thought a lot ahead of time, even before I kicked off the podcast show about, you know, how can I do this different where I get way more in depth with them so that my listeners who are both brides and planners and, you know, they're in the industry and they're, you know, it's definitely designed also for brides of the show. How can they get more in-depth information from these top, top, top level people that is going to help them to, um, you know, get more ideas for how they can have the wedding of their dreams or plan the wedding of their clients' dreams. So, so yeah, I'm just loving it. Every single interview. And I, 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 I'm flying as much as I can to see them. So I'm, I'm going to, the, I'm also in their environments, you know, in their offices, their homes, uh, David beam, he's got a, a big office in New York city, but I went to his farm in Pennsylvania and I knew that if I went there, he'd get, he'd be in a different zone, you know? So it's interesting seeing all the different, you know, where they actually work and everything. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I love that show. So the, the wedding biz is what that's called. Well, I'm looking forward to listening. And, girl, I am jealous that you're flying around. I'm in my comfortable home studio here, Andy. Wait, girl? Did you just <laughs> girl, say girl? I just had to do my, like, girl. Um, <laughs> this girl's jealous of you, uh, you know, gallivanting to me. Can't get out of that. Yeah, yeah, backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. Um, yeah, I'm jealous, totes jealous. Very exciting. And I do think the thing is listening to these wedding experts, and I follow them all on the uh, social medias, and it's great to see that and what I'm excited about hearing you talk and exactly what you were saying that yes if you don't have a $500,000 budget to hire people and have lavish beautiful weddings and good luck if you do I'd like to get to know you more yeah but the fact that a lot of these planners photographers and experts that are doing these big gigs and the same with I'm sure you've played lots of smaller gigs than you do now in in, in organized um, bands to do these sort of gigs but they've all They've all catered for all the budgets. They've worked their way up to these big events. And I think the, sure. the anecdotes and the history that they've obviously collected over the years of, of experience is incredibly invaluable, which is why they're good at what they do. So I think that's well, great. Without me bringing it out, um, talk hugely about connection, how they connect with their clients. Um, there was one, uh, Matthew Robbins, I, I remember in particular, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them do this, but he specifically told a story about going to the bride and grooms, not only their home, but but I'll say this, when he was at their home, he looked around and he looked at the knickknacks and the colors and the fabrics and the, you know, the way the light, the lighting was and all. And then he would go to a restaurant and he'd really pay attention and, and have conversation, not directly to their weddings, but just about generally what kind of food do they like and what are their favorite restaurants and what are their favorite kinds of dishes and 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 kind of like I did with my client, getting them to you know reveal that that they love 
French cabaret and they love swing music and they love Monty Python. It's, it's like you just don't know what might come out of a generalized conversation like that. And, and the way he mm. talked about it, I mean, you can hear it on the interview, but the way he talked about it gave me even more perspective on it. And so that's the common thread with these uh, super, super high levels is that it is all about connection and really getting close to the client. And then it all comes from there. And they get these, they're also obviously highly creative people. And the way that they then manifest you know, these interests of their clients into actually some element of the wedding. I mean, some of it is just, it's a really fun stories. It's really interesting. (laughs) Well, I'll be looking forward to listening, learning, and uh, pretending I'm on the farm with you. It'll be very fun. (laughs) <laughs> Andy, uh, okay, so the best where can people get in touch go, with you? Where can they uh, learn more? First of all, the wedding biz um, is theweddingbiz.com. <laughs> so that one's real easy, theweddingbiz.com. Um, and through that, you know, everyone can find out about all the different social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to offer this too to your listeners, Alicia, is that if anyone wants to write me um, about anything, you know, it may it may take some time for me to get to it. I may not have a huge lengthy response, but uh, they could write me at Andy at theweddingbiz.com and, um, you know, or, or maybe someone from my team will answer. But, you know, we want to answer every single email that comes through. And then for the uh, Andy Kushner Entertainment Design, the music business company, that is Andy Kushner, K-U-S-H-N-E-R. So andykushner.com. And uh, and that's where they can uh, find find information on that as well. Fabulous. And there will be all of that information I'll yeah, include in today's here, show and notes. I definitely, and, uh, we talked I'd earlier about my coming back, to, to Europe and, and I'd, I'd love to hang out with you in London. Time. That would be a blast. Oh, me too. Well, I'm always here and available for a chat, a good flat white. I love a flat white. And uh, I'd love, I would genuinely love to have you back on. And if you have entertainment questions that you would love oh, Andy good. to answer, mm-hmm. I will, uh, you know, send me a voicemail. We love a voicemail here on the Bride Chiller podcast, Andy. So if. Uh, yeah, and then, and then you could help all, all your listeners. So that's through. a great idea. Well, thanks, Alicia, for having me. I really, really enjoyed this. And you can answer them. It is absolutely my pleasure, and as I always end the show, Andy, by saying to my lovely friends, happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? <laughs>